KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Pat Loeb. 2021 was a whirlwind for two University of Pennsylvania researchers. They spent more than 20 years in a lab toiling in anonymity and suddenly saw their invention become the most sought-after technology in the world. Doctors Drew Weissman and Katie Carrico developed the mRNA technology used in the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines. Their work demonstrates the importance of patient, consistent scientific research. Vaccines normally take a decade or more to develop, but their quiet belief in what they were doing led to a COVID-19 vaccine in less than a year. I sat down with Drew Weissman to talk about what it was like to see their vaccine deployed in millions of arms. Deadly global pandemic. I mean, did you ever think that your work was going to have that kind of role on the planet? I mean, did you imagine it being deployed in the way it was when it finally happened? I could have never imagined a pandemic like this. And I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, uh, sorry that, you know, th- that it had to come to the rescue of, of a pandemic like this is that that's killed so many people and, and done so much harm to society of the entire world. But, you know, looking back, Katie and I always knew that the mRNA had huge potential. We thought it would be used for, you know, influenza vaccines and HIV uh, and, and, you know, and other common diseases uh, where other vaccines don't work as well. And and then we, we also believed it had great potential for therapeutics for treating acute diseases like uh, strokes and heart attacks and inflammation, as well as for gene therapy. Uh, So we we always knew it had huge potential. When did you get your shot? December of last year. How did it feel? So, you know, it it, it was exciting. Uh, I I made sure that Katie got, got the shot with me. So we were together. Uh, because we, you know, we worked 25 years together uh, to get to that point. I, I, I joke because I put my wife and daughter into the phase three clinical trials, so that they had been immunized months earlier, and, and they were just looking at me saying, "When are you going to get your shots so we can all go out again?" But you know, I, I was certainly excited. There was such a crush to get the vaccine. Early in 2021, there were priority groups and, you know, it almost felt like rationing. But then there was this weird backlash. What did you think when all the misinformation started spreading? I don't do social media, but but I I think social media, it, it basically allows anybody with a voice to tell as many people as they want. And... That, that's not always a good thing. What, what bothers me the most, so uh, other people have done studies and they identified 12 doctors who were spreading the majority of misinformation. And you know, patients would come in and say, oh, well, this doctor told me the vaccine was bad. If you investigate those doctors, you'll find that they're selling homemade 
herb-based remedies for COVID. They're making a ton of money and they're telling people don't take the vaccine so they can sell more of their made up uh, medicines to, to rip people off. We've always had vaccine hesitation. It, in the old days, we would characterize them as the you know California hippies who did, didn't believe in any kind of medicine, medical treatment. And you said that they're a very small group. They're not going to change uh, efficacy. But now you've got all of these conservatives who believe these, you know, these lunatics who are simply ripping people off for money uh, at the expense of their lives. And I think that's criminal and, and something needs to be done. But the vaccine did an incredible job. By last July, there were fewer than 25 new cases a day in Philadelphia. It really looked like we were finally hitting the bottom of that roller coaster of surges. And then Delta and now Omicron. How is it that the variants interfered with the work that the vaccine was doing? Yeah, the, the variants were completely expected. We, we knew they were going to come. This was a bat virus in 2019. It jumped to humans. So the, the first thing the virus wants to do is learn how to infect humans better. And you see every variant spreads faster and spreads better. It's just the virus learning how to infect humans. And it's going to keep doing that until it perfects it. We knew this was going to happen early on. You know, the, the the first variant people didn't even notice, but you know, early on we were already talking to the FDA and into BioNTech about how easy it is to change the vaccine if needed. But both Moderna and BioNTech are testing Omicron vaccines and have already made Delta vaccines. So the vaccine allows you to change the, the sequence very quickly, which is good. The booster shot was also something that was introduced later in this year. Was that something you also expected would become routine? We didn't know. I mean, if you look at vaccines in general, some vaccines work well with two immunizations some need three or four or more to work well. Uh, you know, tetanus, DPT, uh, all of those childhood vaccines is, are given at least three times. Tetanus is every five to 10 years, you need another boost. Influenza, it's every year you need a boost. So, you know, every vaccine for, for each pathogen is different. What we don't know, so it, it seems like for the mRNA and coronavirus, you need three immunizations. What we don't know is, do you need a boost every year, every five years, every 10 years? And, and we'll find that out. You know, what's interesting, and, and I think this is important, with each additional immunization, you get higher antibody titers but you also get a broader response. And, and what that means is that people that have been immunized three times, they had now have protection against the original SARS from 2002. And they have protection against bat coronaviruses. And you know, so not only are the amounts of antibodies going up, but the broadness of the response is expanding.
which is important to understand. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you can change the vaccine so easily for variants because I know like in Philadelphia, there's almost no alpha COVID-19 left. It's all Delta. And I assume that at some point down the road, it'll be all Omicron (laughs) and so on. So will those new vaccines for the variants have to go through the same process that the original one did? What the FDA said is that they wouldn't need phase three trials, that that it would be more like influenza. My guess is that they probably won't need any clinical trials. At worst, they might want a phase one, just looking at toxicity. So at some point, people getting a a vaccine for COVID-19 may not need a booster because it'll be whatever variant ultimately prevails. We don't know. I mean, part of the problem is I, I, I don't think it's a good idea to chase variants because, you know, we make an Omicron vaccine. It'll be ready to give to people in, in three, four, five months. By then, there might be another variant out. Um, we've developed pan-coronavirus vaccines that work against every variant identified so far and all the bat coronaviruses. So my my guess is that's going to be a better approach. And and we get phone calls from Tony Fauci every so often saying, hurry up with that vaccine. (laughs) Looking forward, what do you see coming in 2022? Or is it another 20 years of... No, I mean, before COVID hit, we had five phase one clinical trials planned, two for influenza, two for HIV, one for genital herpes. And those are going to start. I mean, they they were delayed because of COVID, but they're going to start. We have more, we're developing vaccines for norovirus, for C. diff, for malaria, uh, more for HIV, for hepatitis C. We have lots of vaccines that we're developing and hope we'll have in clinical trials soon. Okay, great. So Looks like 2022 is going to be another blockbuster year for you. Congratulations. And uh, is there anything that you would like to add? My personal drive has always been vaccine equity because, you know, it's great that the U.S. and Europe are, are vaccinated. The problem is, is that this virus isn't going away until the world is vaccinated. And if you look at Africa, I think it's something around 3% of the population is vaccinated across Africa. Um, and you know, variants are going to keep coming. And until we vaccinate the entire world, variants are going to keep coming. And it's going to be a struggle. You know, they're, they're going to keep evading the vaccine. And it's only going to cause trouble. So we have to vaccinate the world. We made a vaccine for Thailand that's in phase three trials right now and looks great. That That's going to be used across all of Southeast Asia. We're setting up GMP sites and vaccine development sites in South Africa and Rwanda and East Africa and, and other regions. We're doing that in uh, Kazakhstan and uh, other uh, Eastern European nations. 
So we're, we're really working to build vaccine production sites that'll be controlled by the local countries so they can make their own vaccine and give it to their people. And I think that's critical to stopping this and the next pandemic and anything in the future. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Pat Loeb, and we'll have another episode out soon.